You're listening to Purity is the New Sexy Coaching Podcast, where we help you eliminate shame and elevate intimacy so you can find hope and healing in your marriage. Hello, we are your hosts, Rusty and Amy Noakes, and this is episode two of Purity is the New Sexy Coaching Podcast. Hey. Hello. <laughs> hey there, I'm Rusty Noakes, Coach Rusty Noakes. And I'm a certified addiction recovery coach, certified abuse recovery coach, and I help successful driven Christian men from crummy childhoods who are addicted to pornography and other unwanted sexual behaviors achieve purity as the new sexy by helping them heal from the trauma and the wounds that are driving them to act out in the first place. Right. And I'm Amy Noakes. I'm a betrayal, trauma, and grief coach helping women navigate the life of a betrayed spouse. Also LCDCI certified, helping people with chemical dependency. And this is episode nine, if you're listening on YouTube, our YouTube channel. And what is this one about? Um, freedom. Freedom. Yeah, that's right. We meant right. to do this one uh, back at, on Independence Day. Yeah. And we've kind of had a couple of weeks of not doing any any uh, YouTubes. Right. Um, as you can see, our background's a little different, so we're kind of on a... A working vacation. We're here in Arkansas <laughs> at my mother-in-law's house, her mama's. Yeah. We're in Malvern, a little spot <laughs> in the road. And uh, I'm from Searcy, about two hours north of here. So we're seeing seeing family. Right now we're just sitting outside in the backyard under the, I call it a gazebo, but her mama calls it a lanai. Oh, whatever. Whatever. It's not a lanai if you're in Malvern, Arkansas. Just saying. <laughs> and it looks like I'm wearing really dark sunglasses, but I'm not. But these, you're are, not. these are just my prescription glasses, but hey, they tint well, when I'm outside. And the sun came out. The sun yeah. wasn't out, and we've had a lot of storms. We almost so. built an ark. <laughs> but the sun right? So, yeah, we, we were going to do uh, an episode about freedom back on July 4th for Independence mm-hmm. Day. So we're behind, so we're just going to do it now. And uh, the whole thing about freedom, you know, we just got to thinking about this country and when we got our independence and our freedom Mm-hmm. and how our founding fathers had to fight for that freedom. Right, right. And freedom is always worth fighting for. And I was also kind of thinking about how when I was in addiction, that that was anything but freedom. Um, right. I mean, it, yeah. was like, it was like being in bondage. It was like being a slave. And, mm-hmm. and there was no freedom. Um, I would act out with these addictions to um, medicate pain, to cope with Mm -hmm. stress, anxiety, anger, whatever. And it did bring relief, but it was a prison cell in and of itself because that was my coping mechanism. And I couldn't do it and I wasn't doing it in, in healthy ways. And now that I'm you know, in recovery and sober-minded and all that good stuff, you know, I look back and I think about just how much bondage I was in and how awful that was. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know for the life of me why I waited so long (laughs) to get free. Because the great thing about it is that you can get free anytime you want to. And maybe I didn't really consider myself to be in bondage. I mean, I didn't like mm-hmm. my addictions. Mm-hmm. That's all you knew. I suppose. Um, you know, maybe knew how to handle it or cope, I guess. I'm yeah. not going to say it's all you knew, but... 
Right. And it's just, you know, it's confronting whenever mm -hmm. you know you're going to have to put your pacifier down like a little baby and, you know, babies want their passy. And then when they don't have their passy, they mm -hmm. cry and then they got to find some other way of, of coping and they got to learn how to grow up um, <laughs> and live without a passy. Right. So, you know, it just got me thinking about all that. And I really hope that, you know, through anybody that watches these these YouTubes and starts to think about that, that mm -hmm. they'll be like, you know what? They'll realize that if they're in addiction, just what kind of bondage and slavery they're in. Mm -hmm. The Bible talks about being a slave to Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's an awesome, that's an awesome form of slavery. Um, I know it's kind of a weird word, but <laughs> like he is the most benevolent master. Right. It's not right. like you're in slavery to some authoritative dictator, you know, that's not emotionally involved or caring. I mean, it's like you've got this, this master who is benevolent mm -hmm. and has your best interest in mind and guides you to green pastures. And so that's, it's like a choice though. It's a choice. What the heck are you doing? I'm just going to give them a scripture, Galatians oh. 2.20. Gotcha. All right. I thought you were losing our podcast. No. No. Galatians 2.20 talks about what you're talking about, a bond servant for Christ. And what I find interesting is that, um, you know, you were saying he's benevolent and, you know, he's not this, um, you know, horrible master that we think of. When we think of the word slavery, we think of something very negative. And yet throughout the Bible, we see where God um, addresses slavery and addresses slave owners. And he doesn't say anything about they're not uh, being slavery, but he does address how uh, people are to be treated, whether they are slaves or free or they're women or they're men or they're children. He talks about how human beings should be treated. And what I find um, interesting about the word bond servant is that a bond servant is, is a servant that is a slave that chose to remain mm -hmm. with their master after they were set free. And it's something about, and I need to look this up, so forgive me for not having all the correct information, um, but there's something about the ear. They would pierce their ear, I believe, to show, and something about, I'm going to need to look this up and maybe put it in the comments. But there's something about how they would pierce their ear, do something to show the significance of their choice. And kind of like how we wear re wedding rings, it shows the significance of our choice. And marriage is not slavery, but, you know, we are serving one another. Mm -hmm. And so this servanthood is almost like, you know, slavery in a sense that, um, we choose to serve, but we serve someone who is benevolent and someone who is never going to hurt us and someone who is always going to be there for us and someone who takes care of us and is looking out for us and guiding us and leading us. It's not someone who's going to beat us and into submission. Did you know that the best form of government would be a benevolent dictatorship? Mm. We have freedoms, but mm -hmm. at the same time, we don't know how to handle our freedoms. Mm. And if you just look around, like we use our freedoms and exploit it and do the stupidest, right. most heinous things. Right. <laughs> but you know, the dic don't let the word dictator frighten you. But when it's a benevolent dictatorship, when that dictator has our best interest in mind and, right. and has right. the wisdom to guide us with that, um, 
that that's the absolute best form of government and that's yeah. kind of what we put ourselves under when we when we are bond servants to Christ now here's the thing about freedom when it comes to like our founding fathers and they, they had to fight for right they had to fight mm-hmm. for their freedom mm-hmm. and I had to fight for my freedom you know I chose to get into recovery and I chose to choose a different life, lifestyle um, but I had to fight for it it's not mm-hmm. something that you can just wish for yeah. and hope for or yeah. complain enough about yeah. how your master you know is mistreating you or how awful it is you've got to take action and you've got to fight for it and it's a fight worth having though right um right. maybe that's what kept me from doing it uh for you know maybe that's part of why it kept me from Were doing it for so long of the fight? possibly i know mm-hmm. i was to some extent because i knew it was going to suck mm. i knew it was going to be hard Um, I knew I would have withdrawals. I knew I would have the itchies and the want-tos and the who knows, I mean, who knows what, you know, irritability and aggravation or just what am I going to do? How am I going to cope? What am I going to have to learn? How am I going to live without it? And what are you going to lose? mm -hmm. Maybe focusing on the loss instead of the gain. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if I were sitting in a literal prison cell, with no freedom and I've been in jail <laughs> and it's the most awful stupidest feeling because you're just sitting there and you can't do anything that you want to do wow I mean you are at the mercy of everybody else on the other side of those bars you need them for food you need them to go mm. to the bathroom you need them for everything wow and you've got no freedom and it sucks. And, and when you're sitting there, you want out so bad. You mm. want out so bad. And you just have all these thoughts like, you know, how am I going to do it differently? How am I going to avoid getting back here? I don't want to do this again. Um, did you want, did you have those thoughts in, you know, your addiction prison? Like, I want out, I want out, I want out. How am I going to get out? Were you try- thinking that way? Or did that happen? Did that come later? It came later mm-hmm. um, because so you it started, weren't always thinking that because you it started realize. so young. It's like the boiling frog. It's just the water got mm-hmm. hotter and hotter and hotter. And then by the time I was really in that, it's kind of like guys that have been in prison for 20, 30 years. That's their life. They did just, you? They just learn to to deal with it and live with it. That's they've accepted it. Did you realize you were even in a kind of prison? With not the really. No. Huh? Yeah. Not, no. And that's so kind of why. That's kind of why yeah. I wanted to, to talk about it today on you know like this because mm-hmm. you know. I was a slave to that addiction. I would do what it said to do. It's like having a bully in your head mm. and these thoughts start to come up and even without a trigger, just like, just, just out of repetition, just out of habit. Sure. Um, you know, these, that, that bully in the head starts to, starts to talk and right, right. you try to shut him up, but he just talks louder and mm-hmm. just, it won't go away. It won't go away. It won't go away. Mm. Then you start to justify, then you finally do it. Then you feel like crap. That's um, a prison in and, and of itself. Yeah. So, you know, now that I'm out of it, it's like, you know, if you get out of jail, out of prison after being in there for a long time, it's like, holy cow. I mean, you just, the sky looks bluer. <laughs> you just want to go for walks in the park. You want to appreciate this freedom that you've got. And mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's so much fun. Um, but you know what? It's a fight worth fighting. And if you've not thought about it, if you're, if you're in addiction, you know, you're in a, you're in a prison cell mm-hmm. and if you want out, you can break out. Um, I've got the keys. I've got I've got a keychain 
full of keys <laughs> that you just start unlocking these doors and every everything you come to you just unlock that door and next thing you know you're out of the prison right um you know um now the, the devil has gate guards you know just like a prison has mm-hmm. guards that they don't want you breaking out and mm-hmm. they're going to get in your way. They're going to point their guns mm-hmm. at you. They're going to fire at you. They're going to jump on you. They're going to tackle you. They're going to try to do everything they can to keep you in that that prison. But if you're willing to fight for your freedom and stop living a life of oppression, I mean, who wants to live a life of oppression where you obey this bully that's making you do these stupid, hurtful, harmful, damaging things, not only to yourself but others around? I mean, who wants that? Well, I don't think anybody really but... wants it. I didn't want yeah. it. Um, but I was in it. Yeah, and you didn't know you were for a while, too. So this could be helpful to some people that maybe not even realize they're in a prison. You know, mm-hmm. that, that this is one, and this is what it looks like, you know. And then this is what it looks like to be free. Yeah. So, you know, I think we can kind of start to land it unless you've got something else you want I wanna... do want to approach the other side of it, the woman's side. Um, you know, we have to fight, too, and it's in a different mm-hmm. way. And you That's know, a good point. Um, the Bible also tells us, you know, God, uh, we don't fight the way the world fights. And I had to learn that. There's so many times I thought, you know, um, you know, I've been in the world of psychology for a long time. And so I'd always try to approach it with, you know, the psychological whatever, um, you know, oh, have you thought this? Or have you thought that? Or, have you know, well, how do you feel about this? Or why would you do that? Or, you know, and, it, and none of it worked um, because, well, obviously he didn't realize he was in a prison and needed to be free. He didn't realize he was hurting himself or me. And he just didn't understand because I was fighting with the world's ways instead of God's ways. And so God tells us that we don't fight um, in the world's ways. We have to fight um, in prayer. We have to fight in going to him. And so that's what I did. And in less than six months, he was free. So 30 years of bondage in prison and six months of fighting God's way, he was free. And that's pretty powerful. And I remember thinking, okay, Lord, every time I wanted to say something to him, I chose not to. And instead, I chose to go to the Lord. And I went to the Lord and I would say, okay, God, you're going to have to do this. You have to do this. And I would say, this is what I see. This is what I want for him. This is what, this is my request. And it would be no time and it would happen. And so I tried again and again and again. And pretty soon it just snowballed and he was on his own with the Lord and doing his thing. So ladies, um, we got to fight too. So <laughs> just on in a that different note, way. Mm-hmm. The devil doesn't fight fair. No. And when you're in a fight, and I've been in some of those too, (laughs) when you're in a fight, I mean, you do whatever it stinking takes to not lose that fight. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes losing that fight can mean losing Mm -hmm. your life. And you will bite, kick, scratch, (laughs) poke at eyes. You'll do everything you can to -hmm. win that fight. And that's the mentality you've got to have when you're going to fight this fight. You've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. And if you're willing to do whatever it takes... You can absolutely do it. Um, as far as your fight, mm-hmm. you know, um, prayer and, and fighting right. those spiritual battles, mm-hmm. absolutely. But at, at the same time, you've got to also have a plan for the physical side of things because we are in the physical. Right. And that's mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. like, part one of your uh, weapons of battle is boundaries. And that's right. where you kind of mm-hmm. speak sure. to the women. like. Mm-hmm. 
you know, have a boundary. If you want this, then you mm-hmm. have to do this because you're not getting this until right. you, mm-hmm. you know, get into something, a, a group or right. whatever, start talking to a coach, whatever. But I still went to the Lord for that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not taking away from that yeah. part of it. He just but, helped me with the boundaries and what I needed to do. I just, every little thought and question I had, I just kept going to the Lord about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad so, you did. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> ladies, fight for your man. Um, in love, set some boundaries. Um, that can look like a whole bunch of different things. I mean, it can, right. it can mm-hmm. I don't know, well, what do you think about this? I might be wrong, but like sex. Like, hey, if you want to have sex, then I need you to get, at least get in recovery. You may, mm-hmm. you may lapse or still stump, you know, bump mm-hmm. your head while you're getting better, but um, until at least you're getting help, at least until you're in a group, have, have someone working with you. We don't be physical. I mean, is that too harsh? Um, maybe after recovery has started, but I, most more so than not, women are probably not having sex with their men right now anyways well, because we they don't feel appreciated. But um, I don't know. We I know, but we have kind of a different. And the guys I talk to, they're still they're still having sex with their wives, but it's not. It's It's not the same. It's not like connecting. They feel like it's more like a duty. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not like they're really bonding, and it's not what it's designed to be. But they're still doing it just because they have physical needs, right? Right. On both sides, but it could be. Yeah, it could be. Well, I don't want to. I don't. You know, I don't want to speak for women. I think if I was a woman, that'd be one of my boundaries. Like, dude, you want some of this? You better, you gotta, you gotta start talking to somebody. <laughs> um, that's a pretty strong boundary. Um, yeah. But you know, you've mentioned like separation mm-hmm. and not divorce and not for like mm-hmm. you know super long periods of time, but maybe for a week or mm-hmm. you know, what are some other boundaries that a woman could put in place, like just to kind of not force her man to get help, but in a way, kind of force mm-hmm. his hand to like sure. choose. You get to choose me, or you get to choose your addiction. And put them in a position to say, well, you know what? I really want you, so I'm willing to then seek out some right, help. What, right, right. what could a boundary look like? Um, Sorry for putting you on the spot. No, it's okay. You could uh, you could go see a pastor. You could go see, and some of those are scary. I understand. Go see a therapist. You can say, okay, let's just go talk to a sex therapist. Let's just go talk to someone about relationships, you know, marriage and family. Wherever you feel most comfortable and who you feel most comfortable with. Or they could come talk to me. Uh, that was, Dude, I totally gave you a layup. You could have just given me a plug right there and said, come and talk to me. <laughs> well, we're already <laughs> doing that. But you're talking about where do they go to understand about uh, certain boundaries. So, and I like the book boundaries. Mm. I like the book boundaries. What, what does that look like? What do you mean? Well, the book boundaries. The oh, title. The book. The book boundaries. boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that has a lot of good ideas in it. But, and now that I'm where I wanted to go in the first place, but we've done all of that already for you guys. We've lived it, we've done it, and we've read the books, we've written the notes, we've created a program, especially for men, um, on how to go through all of that. And um, each situation, each couple is different. So it's hard to just say this boundary, that boundary, this boundary, that boundary. It's really, really tailored. So that's why it's good to have people like like us to come help, come alongside you and help you, you know, in a team approach um, to navigate all of this. Cool. So. Can we land it? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so guys, your marriage, your relationships with your wives, your kids, your life in general, your relationship with God. All of that is worth mm-hmm. fighting for. And you know it without me even saying it. If you're right. if you're wrapped up in sexual addiction, you know you're missing out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying you don't have a relationship with God, and I'm not saying it's not good, but it's certainly not as good as it would be without this addiction in your life. And the life on this side of addiction, I promise you, it is so worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's as simple as unlocking that. You are sitting in a prison cell with right. keys mm-hmm. available to <laughs> unlock that sucker and walk out. I've got those keys. I'm happy to right. share them with you. <clears throat> and if you want to have that conversation and just see what that looks like, I will block out two hours on my calendar and have a breakthrough, absolutely life-changing coaching call with you. And we can get your problems handled. So you also work with the women on the betrayal trauma mm-hmm. side. ladies, And you boundaries. Got, and boundaries. <laughs> you ladies have a fight worth fighting for too. Yes. So anyway, freedom is worth fighting for. That's the bottom line. We love you guys. We'll put our links in the description. Mm-hmm. And until next time, God bless you. We look forward to hearing from you. Leave us some comments, by the way. Leave yeah. comments, like it, share it. It does matter. It helps mm-hmm. us to reach more people. So if you're watching this, please just hit a like, hit a share, hit the bell so you get notifications. All of that helps us to get a little traction so that more and more people can see this message. And we're really out there trying to just save lives, save marriages, and, and make life better for people on this side of addiction. Right. So help us out with that if you don't mind. We love you guys. We'll see you next time.